All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of The Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 9, Episode 19 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. A very Gordy Howe and Steve Eiserman edition. A very, very good episode for me of the DFO Fantasy Podcast, presented to you by Betway. If you're going to place a bet, bet on Betway. Please play responsibly. Ontario only must be 19 years of age or older. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me, as always, we got Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs. Bondi Biebs, you already look mad. I'm angry. I'm a- We're calling this a Gordy and Steve episode when I got Big Joe sitting right behind me here. It's a very Joe Sackick ever- episode, everyone. Um, but no, I'm doing good. That's my only thing to frown upon. Hockey's going good. We're officially in almost Christmas season, so I'm Jolly Biebs. And Jolly Biebs is here to give you fantasy advice. D, how are you doing over there? How did There's we no double idea. up as Howe and Iserman? Uh, because that, season nine, episode 19. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I get, I was, get it. He's reaching, but we'll give it to him. Yeah, a bit of a reach, um, but I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I'm just, you know, we might as well just give Paul Korea love every single episode then. <laughs> every, I think we do that already, do we not? Did I you try see my it? best. They did like the Anaheim Ducks. Like, um, I can't remember. They brought out, I think it was like Gia Bear, Tamu Solani, and Paul Korea the other night. I'm like, man, I hope D's watching. You know, right I now. saw that. Come <laughs> yeah, on. they took a right. selfie together. I sent it to D right away, of course. Gia Bear yeah. was standing like 17 feet away. He didn't want to get anywhere near Paul Korea. I was like, geez, where, man. 
Where's Steve Ruchin? That's that's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, we're all wondering. Uh, yeah, everyone's wondering. But all right, let's get into the meat of today's show. Uh, we're gonna talk a lot about the Tage Thompson injury. If you are not aware, um, or you just don't have Tage Thompson on your roster and don't care, uh, Tage Thompson's expected to miss uh, an extended period of time with an upper body injury. I like um, how they say upper body, like we didn't all see the shot hit him right in the wrist. Like yeah. whatever could it possibly it's be? An upper dude yeah so they say he's going to miss significant time with a hand wrist injury that's called an upper body injury uh so we're going to start the show by talking about waiver wire replacements for tage thompson uh there's a lot there's a lot of centers available um so instead of like breaking down every single center that's available on the wire i've got a pretty large list of players available around 50 percent and under i'm going to just list them off and then we're each going to give you our respective top three uh, fantasy pickups to replace Tage Thompson. And then obviously a lot of these guys are still going to be owned in the, in a lot of leagues uh, that you guys are playing in. So we're also going to give you our favorite uh, under 30% uh, owned just for some of our deeper league players. Um, and then after that, we're going to bring back an old game that we used to play. Player A, player B, I'm going to blindly list two player stats and let these fellas figure out uh, which one of the players was drafted early, which one of the players... Uh, is available on the waiver wire right now. And then I will unveil the players. We have a center, a winger, a defenseman, and a goalie uh, segment to talk about there. And then, as always, we will close out the show with these streamers. So let's get right into it with the Tage Thompson injury replacements. We're going to be going in order of own percentage and then give you our top three. We're going to start in Dallas with Matt Duchesne, who is currently 51% owned. Somebody who we've talked about every single episode for the last three episodes, I think. Robert Thomas, St. Louis Blues, 50% owned. Nazem Kadri, Calgary Flames, 47% owned. Ryan O'Reilly, Nashville Predators, 41%. Quinton Byfield, Los Angeles Kings, 40%. Wyatt Johnston of the Dallas Stars, 39%. Sean Monahan of the Montreal Canadiens, 38%. Shockingly, we're going to bring him up again. Nick Schmaltz, 35% owned, still has not gone up or down from last week. 35% Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Tomash Hurdle, 35% as well from the San Jose Sharks. Then we've got Tyler Segan or Sagan, uh, Dallas Stars, 24% owned. Leo Carlson, sometimes scratch, sometimes not. For the Anaheim Ducks, 21% owned. Casey Middlestad, who will be most likely the immediate replacement for Tage Thompson in Buffalo at 18% owned. Then a couple lower owned guys, Cole Perfetti, 11% in Winnipeg, and Connor Zeri of the Calgary Flames, just 2%. So a pretty wide range from 51% to 2%. Beebs, let's start with you. Who are your three favorite waiver wire picks in uh, that group? I am, uh, I'm excited because I get to talk about Robert Thomas again. Um, and uh, I'm going to do my best, as I always do, to not sing Matchbox 20 when we drop this name. But at 50% here, Robert Thomas is over a point per game while we record this episode. So kind of bonkers that half the amount of half the leagues out there haven't even caught on to this still. We're going to preach it much like we will some other names here. Um, like we often do until we get these numbers up. And right now, if you need help in center, you're, you're kind of looking to replace points. Like you're not going to replace Tage Thompson's 44, 44, whatever he put up last year. You're not, you just want something that kind of makes the pain hurt a little bit less. And I think Robert Thomas is probably the best at that. Um, we've seen, we mentioned it last week, his shots go up um, to 31 or to over two per game, which is just great to see. Still not great as a whole, but at this rate, we will, we'll take anything we can get better than his like one and one and let's 
and maybe we'll just give him one shot a game in previous years. But at number two here, I have uh, Ryan O'Reilly, and this one goes a lot with ice time. Um, Ryan O'Reilly's playing 20, 30 a night. He has seven power play points, and he has 14 points in 15 games right now. He's kind of filling both categories, eight goals, six assists. Tommy Novak just got out for a long bit. I think it's four to six weeks he's going to be out. So due to that, Ryan O'Reilly is going to eat even more ice time than he already was in what is a pretty pretty shallow center. So um, actually, I might, I don't know, if, if you do want some goals, I might actually push O'Reilly ahead of Thomas. But I think either way here, you're having guys that you want to roster in pretty much any say almost 10 team league or less or, or more. Um, but yeah, I like O'Reilly a lot. And I think he's going to start pushing even more minutes. Like I said, with that Novak injury. And then finally to round this one out, um, I I'm going down the list here, boys. And it's just the straight up replacement for Tage. Um, I'm going Casey Middlestad here. I think it's his turn to finally show us what he can do with that ice time. Granted, he's had it in previous years, but I think he's the most complete player we've seen yet from Casey Middlestad and has three goals, 10 assists, 13 points in 16 games. Um, the shots are absolutely terrible. <laughs> only 21 shots in 16 games played, but he's only been averaging 17-21. So if you add in one or two more minutes there with that open Tage time, I think Metalstad's the most likely to, to benefit from this. You hate to jump on, uh, you don't hate to, but you hate to see a player excel because another one goes down. But Middlestead at one point was their darling. He was their future prospect. Um, so I think that, you know, this is, uh, they're going to say, what can you give us? And Almost hit 60 points last year, 15 and 44 assist heavy guy. So of course I like those first two names a little bit more here, but um, if you do find yourself in a little bit of a deeper league, jumping at Casey is never a bad call. Um, this is a guy who went eighth overall in 2017. So there's definitely, definitely something there cooking. Um, kind of, I'm imagining you guys might have a little bit different though. Cause there's a few higher names there. So yeah, there's, there's, a, there's actually quite a few solid names on this list. I just want to shed some light. Casey Middlestad, probably not cracking my top three, but it is worth yeah. pointing out, it, you know, when Alex Tuck gets back, if, if they reunite uh, Alex Tuck and Jeff Skinner and then put Casey Middlestad down the middle there, that was a trio that we saw play together a lot towards the end of last season and have quite a bit of success together. 56.3 Corsi 4. They scored 5.1 goals for per 60 um, at 5v5, which is bonkers. The expected goals for of 3.6 per 60 is really, really good. Averaged 40 scoring chances and 16 high danger chances for per 60. So they were really, really solid um, for about 150 minutes together uh, last season. So I, I do think that Middlestad, you know, in deeper leagues, I think he's definitely one of the best targets here. Again, just available in 18%. I do like that in deeper leagues. I do, you know, I, I think it is largely dependent on how the lines shake out in. Yeah. Buffalo. If Dylan Cousins is, you know, becomes the guy who's the number one center between Tuck and Skinner or something like that, then I I do think that Middlestad playing with like Greenway and Paterka is still going to leave kind of a lot to be desired. So it all kind of depends how the lines shake out in Buffalo. Because yeah, I do think Middlestad could be an excellent pickup if the the, the opportunity presents itself uh, that way. But it kind of remains to be seen how things will go. We should find yeah. out tomorrow. So keep your eyes locked on dailyfaceoff.com as you always do. D, I'll go next here because I agree with with Beebs, with Robert Thomas. I, you know, the goal scoring is certainly going to be a bit of an issue. Um, but if we're looking at just points, like you said, Beebs, I do think that he's probably going to post the highest point total from here on out. And you're kind of just looking for, like like you said, make the pain hurt a little bit less, a stopgap that's just going to fill up some categories for you and just kind of, you know, hold strong for the next month or however long Tage Thompson is out. So I, I like... Uh, 
Robert Thomas to do a pretty good job. The Blues suddenly playing pretty decent hockey as well. Uh, next, I think it's, it, it's, I'm not going to talk about him too much. We talk about him every week, but Nick Schmaltz, I mean, over a point per game in like the last, you know, hundred games of hockey that he's played or something like that. Like he just, he just continues that is to what I want points. to say. Yeah. yeah. And, and I actually saw a post today. I can't remember who tweeted it out, but, um, one of the highest number of, of passes that have led to shots between two teammates first in the NHL right now is Nick Schmaltz to Clayton Keller. They clearly have a really, you know, really good Ooh. chemistry. That line's playing well. Keller's playing unreal. Schmaltz has been great again this year. So Schmaltz is probably number two. Him and Thomas are pretty similar, right, in the way that they're probably not going to score a ton of goals for you, but they're going to kind of fill it up. Um, you could probably make a case that these guys are 1A, 1B. I don't really like any a little bit more than the other. Um, you're going to get a slightly better shot volume from Nick Schmaltz, but the goal sc- uh, scoring and assist totals will be largely pretty similar, I think. Um, and then third, I'm going to go with Wyatt Johnston. Um, him and Duchesne are, are pretty similar. Uh, but Johnson just looks great. And if he's really taking that next step, like it looks like he could he looks be there's, insanely good. There's really no red flags in his underlying numbers right now, either that suggests that what he's doing thus far isn't, you know, largely sustainable. So uh, Duchesne's got like a 70% on any shooting percentage. So Johnson looks great. And he's just so young that we don't really know what the ceiling is. And if he's really kind of taking off this year, um, then he's going to be a lot more than just kind of a Tage Thompson injury replacement. He's somebody that could have, season long value where I, I do think like, you know, the underlying metrics for Duchesne and Tyler Seguin right now have been outstanding. Dallas three is dominating. Um, but I do think that we just kind of don't know the potential here with Wyatt Johnson. And it could be uh, outstanding where the rest of these guys, a lot of veterans, I do like the amount of minutes that O'Reilly's playing. Kadri's kind of coming on, but I do think Johnston's probably the one guy that has some, something there that might, the others might not have D where do you land in this conversation? I, yeah, obviously, I like Johnson a lot. I mean, I talked about him. We talked about him a ton last year, especially in Dyna, uh, Dynasty and Keeper League formats. And just sort of one to watch because what he did as an 18-year-old was super impressive and, and definitely not something that you see every day. He wasn't even a guy that was expected to stick with the team last year, but just impressed so much during the preseason and those first nine games, they had no choice but to keep him around. Um, was the OHL's most outstanding player the year before that. So looks to be a real player for the Stars. The issue I have with Johnson and Duchesne, Sagan in general, that team is just so deep. Um, there's only so much ice time to go around. Like we've talked about uh, three Stars here and none of them are on their top line. Uh, and that's probably not likely to change anytime soon. That That's my one hope for Wyatt is that he's kind of able to uproot Rupe Hints before the end of the season and get some time alongside either uh, one of, if not both, Robertson and Pavelski. Because I do think, uh, the production he's at right now isn't quite sustainable. If he's going to be playing with Jamie Ben at five v five for the entire season again, they they don't uh, do a fantastic job at five v five. They don't have those great underlying numbers that Dallas three has that you alluded to, Brock. They uh, at least in terms of uh, their top three lines are, are kind of the worst uh, possession wise and, and just creating chances and getting out chances at five v five. So I do think there are some red flags there. Twenty percent personal shooting percentage and. Um, obviously we need to see that shot volume grow a little bit. I do expect that to happen year to year for a kid that's just 19 years old, but I don't think it happens this year without, uh, shuffling those lines a little bit. And they've been pretty stagnant with their lineup to date. So for someone that you don't have to, you know, uh, spend anything to get, I, I still love Johnson. If you can find room on your roster, there's certainly some long-term upside here, but I do think that lineup needs to shake out a little bit in order for that to get truly unlocked. Uh, but I'm with you, like Robert Thomas for me is, is by far the, the best name here. Um, I don't want to beat on it too much more than you guys already have, but I do think the goal scoring has some potential to, to grow a bit this year and kind of surpass what, uh, the ceiling that he's shown over the last couple of years because of that shot volume, like he, he being over two shots a game is a big deal. It's not for most players, but for Robert Thomas, Mm -hmm. it is. 
He was on a 21 goal pace over the last two seasons uh, while being at right around a shot and a half per game, shooting 17% over that time, which isn't too outrageous considering he's a 15% career shooter. He's obviously maintained that going into this year. He's shooting 19%. So if he's able to maintain the 2.2 shots on goal that he's averaged so far that season, uh, and you average that out against his career shooting percentage of 15%, that puts him on pace for 27 goals to go along with what we know are going to be some gaudy assist totals. So Thomas could realistically be an 85 to 90 point player by the end of the season. So for him to be sitting at 50% still uh, just far too low. And I think too many people are kind of uh, still set with the preseason expectations for Thomas and the blues in general, their team that actually looks to be quite improved compared to last season. Uh, and maybe and then, their fantasy rosters in general, they're just content with that. I think I think people have to almost take a look and be like, there are probably replacements on your team that you can bring Robert Thomas in. But sorry, keep going there. For sure. Well, that's, for sure. That, that's also just kind of the reason we're doing the next segment is to kind of outline like, hey, look, these guys are drafted high, but like these are the waiver wire guys that are doing the exact same thing and is shedding light on, on kind of how good some of these guys have been. And, and Robert Thomas has just been absolutely dynamite so far. But uh, yeah, keep and- going deep. And I'm with you. I agree. Nick Schmaltz is right there with him. I don't think I need to say anything more about Schmaltz. We've talked at him pretty much every episode this season and ownership uh, still way lower than it should be. So yeah, he's and someone last. that should be picked up. I, I, I've i rostered him in every league that he's available in. And um, yeah, there's there's no reason why he should be on free agents. Uh, I do want to shine a little bit of light on Sean Monaghan. Like surprisingly enough, he's just had a super impressive start to the season. He's averaging two and a half shots a game, 40 shots through 16 games. He's got six goals, seven assists on the year. Uh, and that line's been really good at 5v5, which isn't super surprising. I mean, Tanner Pearson isn't exactly known to be a stud play driver, but Brandon Gallagher, um, when he played with Tano, or Tatar and Deneau, excuse me, a few years ago, that was one of the best 5v5 lines in the league for a, a few years. So it's not super surprising to kind of see Monahan find his stride a little bit at 5v5 skating alongside Gallagher. Uh, but they're out possessing teams. They're creating uh, more chances, uh, more shot attempts, you know, averaging 33 scoring chances per 60. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, in terms of his raw production, shooting 15% on a shooting percentage, 12.1%, it's probably going to come down a little bit, but I, I still think this is a guy, uh, that could be a sneaky goal threat off the wire. Um, and someone who might be closer to regaining some of that old form, uh, than we've really been giving him credit for to date. So I think it's a little bit more than just a hot streak. So I wanted to point him out, but I, I still think I would make room for Leo Carlson, uh, on my roster, uh, ahead of Sean Monaghan. Uh, just wanted to give Monaghan a little bit of love, but Carlson's a lot. Um, similar to what you guys were saying with Wyatt Johnson, only he's getting all those minutes and, and getting all that prime opportunity, skating on the first line, skating on the top power play unit. Obviously, his skill is already evident. He had that hat trick. Uh, I believe it was on Friday night uh, against the Flyers in a losing effort. They lost 6-3 and he had all three goals. So, yeah, the talent is just clearly there already. Um, the issue is, of course, the load management and them just resting him. Um, it has been a little bit predictable, which is nice. He's sitting on the back-to-backs. There's been a couple of surprise uh, scratches in between there. And that's going to continue to happen. He's, I think he's never played more than like 40 or 45 games across a full season before just coming over from the pro leagues in Europe. Um, so yeah, it's not surprising that they're going to want to just manage his workload a little bit, but anytime he's in there, like he's just getting used uh, a ton. He's over 18 minutes a night. And like I said, playing on that top line, uh, and the fact that, you know, they seem pretty committed to sticking Zegers on the wing, even when he does come back healthy, uh, pretty promising for Carlson and McTavish. So, uh, yeah, I like the du- the Ducks top six in general. So give me Leo Carlson and the untapped upside of a, of a second overall pick at just 21% owned. I'm assuming he would be your top pick uh, under 35% owned since you just talked about him. Correct. Yeah, I, he's he's my top pick under 35% owned or under 30% owned, excuse me, as well. And, and you know what? I own him in our Keeper League, our Dynasty League that we, we're all in together. Um, and it's you hardly notice it, like you said. Like, yeah, he might sit occasionally. It's a bit of a bummer. But, like, 
when he's in the lineup, like you mentioned, he he's been very productive and that's a team that, you know, has scored quite a few goals. And uh, I think the one thing that bodes well for him outside of the load management is just, there's not really a whole lot kind of breathing down his neck there, right? Like Adam Henrique isn't coming for that top line role anytime soon. Mason McTavish has been great, but uh, that second line has been really good together with Petrano and Ryan Strom. So there's really not a whole lot uh, to go off of there to, you know, that that's going to suggest that, that McTavish is going to move around and, and, and bump Carlson from that top role. So yeah, Carlson also my top pick under uh 30% owned, but uh, Biebs, you got somebody different. Yeah. You guys mentioned rookies and uh, got, got me kind of shaking a bit. Cause there's actually a different rookie that I'm quite interested in under uh 30% here. And that's Adam Fantilli out in Columbus. Um, it's kind of been crappy in Columbus for most fantasy players, except for Adam Fantilli, four goals, five assists for nine points in 16 games. But where I really like this kid, he's got 38 shots in those 16 games. Even better, though, is they're finally kind of handing the reins over to him. We saw him jump on power play one this week. And that's just a massive step for a kid It like this. It, it'll go so far, as we know, for fantasy production. And if you're in one of those leagues where where you are, you are going for the bottom of the barrel. Guys, um, if we're talking about upside, this is a number three overall pick that many thought should have went number two. So um, I, I think he makes a great one to look at. I believe he is 28% right now in Yahoo. And as he sticks on that power play one in the center too, which is kind of nice. You always get those kickback assists when you shoot it back to uh, Zach Berensky, just ripping bombs in the back end. So, uh, so I like Fantilli there. I think, you know, nine points in 16 games while not seeing that power play time early um, goes a long way. So I think we're just starting to see, uh, we're seeing a change of tide here with all these young players and and you kind of got to jump on board if you're in, in fantasy, because we're going to see some production. It's uh, it's very exciting. Yeah, this is kind of uh, accidentally turned into like a keeper league segment because there's a couple other young players that I really do want to just mention uh, that we're not going to get a whole lot of chance to talk about here for deeper leagues and, and keeper leagues. But Cole Perfetti has been terrific in Winnipeg. Uh, see, you know, basically to this point, his career has been derailed by injuries, hasn't really kind of reached that potential, but he's really starting to find his game now. He's currently riding a seven game point streak, four goals, five assists, nine points during that time, 17 shots on goal as well. So that's good for 2.4 shots per game while playing under 15 minutes. The, the usage is the concern. Um, obviously that Adam Lowry line still gets plenty of run. So that's kind of limiting to what the Jets second line gets. Um, but him and Ehlers together have been pretty solid so far. Vlad Domestikov also on that line. Uh, the underlying Velarde numbers have been strong. Today too, so yeah, Velarde skated. In general. Yeah, like if Ayafalo comes back down, he might solidify that line a little bit too with uh, with, with, with Domestikov dropping down line, something like that. Like there's, there's lots of options here, and Perfetti's been really, really good. Up to 11% owned, uh, you know, probably a little bit unsustainable, but I think in deeper leagues, he's definitely worth a look. And uh, Connor uh, Zari as well. He's come up to the NHL and he's been absolutely dynamite so far through his first six games with the Calgary Flames. Really provided a much needed offensive punch for that team that just cannot seem to finish. Uh, obviously, shooting 27.3% is not going to continue, but averaging right around two shots per game, averaging 16 and a half minutes, he's got six points in six games. A uh, player that's really, really. Uh, kind of excelled at every single level was a former first round pick as well. And he's provided a much needed offensive punch for uh, that flames team. So prior to getting called up, he had 10 points in six, eight AHL games at 58 points in 72 AHL games a season ago. So uh, just a player that's been kind of doing it at every level and 
if he's going to be the only one scoring in Calgary, he's going to continue to see uh, minutes and his minutes are probably going to continue to increase as he goes. I think he started on the fourth line, quickly moved to the third line, already up to the second line. So uh, just quickly moving up that lineup. And I think especially in deeper leagues and keeper leagues and dynasty leagues, he's definitely uh, worth a pickup, but let's, Switch gears for a quick minute here to get to the Betway bets of the day because the Sage Thompson injury uh, really kind of hampers everything the Buffalo Sabres had going for them, uh, which wasn't really much this season. They came in with lots of lots of expectations, high expectations. So did the Ottawa Senators. Neither one of those teams has really lived up uh, to their billing. Everybody expected the Boston Bruins to uh, fall apart with uh, Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci leaving and um, you know getting bounced in the first round last year they've kind of just picked up right where they left off last year. So the Atlantic division, I mean, the Maple Leafs have struggled a little bit. The Atlantic division is kind of up for grabs right now. Uh, so I want to know where you guys stand here uh, with the Atlantic division and who you think your best bet at their current odds would be. Here are the odds and the standings currently leading the division with 26 points is the Boston Bruins. They are the favorites uh, to win the division at minus minus one twenty-five. The Maple Leafs sit tied for third with the Detroit Red Wings. They are plus 300. Um, the Florida Panthers are second in the division, plus 450. The Red Wings, as I mentioned, tied for third, plus 800. Then you've got the Tampa Bay Lightning at plus 1,000. The Buffalo Sabres at plus 2,500. The Ottawa Senators at plus 3,000. And the Montreal Canadiens at plus 5,000. Beebs, I saw you, your reaction to all of it, and I think me and you are on the same page. Um, D, I'm not sure where you land in this, but I agree that the best bet on this board seems to be the Florida Panthers at plus 450. They've really done a nice job uh, treading water kind of without Aaron Ekblad and Brandon Montour mm -hmm. thus far. And, you know, I don't know if things are going to drastically change once those two get to the uh, return to the lineup, but the um, Panthers are playing outstanding hockey this year. And most of what they're doing well is defensively. They have, they're among the best teams in the NHL at defending at 5v5. The power play has still been good. The penalty kill is among the league's best inside the top 10. The 5v5 offense is still really strong. And they're missing two of their best defensemen. So I do think you know the value there on the board as the third highest odds uh, for the Panthers is, is really, really good. So um, I like them. Do you have anything to add, Beebs? I know you're, you're you're pumping your fist. You're excited about the Panthers, but 450 with Montour and Ekblad coming back, you gotta love it. I think I'm I'm pumped because I just jumped on Betway and got this bet in, baby. Let's go. Um, no, what I love to see here, as you mentioned, they are fifth in the NHL in shots and on goal goals uh, sh shots on goal allowed, but they are third in the NHL in shots for. Those are absolutely beautiful numbers for analytical darlings and that's just going to turn into success like you mentioned we got two superstars coming back one that was fifth in the nhl in points among d-men last year brandon montour and one that kind of underperformed but has scored 10 plus goals in seven of eight nhl seasons so florida right now i think those guys are going to spark the room and that's kind of terrifying they're kind of still like on a bit of a roll from last year's playoffs this is the team that led the nhl last year in shots on goal they're going to probably do it again by the time we're done here. So, uh, yeah, no, at that number, at plus 300, that is a beautiful, beautiful bet. So I would take Florida, um, although it's going to be a battle. It's going to be an absolute battle. Plus 450, better than plus, plus 450. Sorry, I was uh, I was looking at that Toronto odd. Yeah, plus 450. They, they might Whew. be plus they must be plus they or sorry they might be plus 300 now if you put enough money on them and say, really yeah. move the market. But uh, D, any wavering opinions on the Atlantic Division favorite? Um, 
No, I I don't. I like I, I think if you're looking for value, like Tampa at plus a thousand is, is worth taking a shot on because Vasilevsky is going to be back sooner than later, and that is certainly going to turn their tides. Um, the Bruins are just tricky, man. Like we saw them do this for 82 games last year, and talked about how it shouldn't be sustainable to just operate a team with 940 goaltending, but here we are. They're doing it again. We're able to do it in the playoffs, but uh, seemingly just picked up right where they left off in terms of the regular season. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's honestly like. You know, I, I never recommend taking minus money on, on a futures bet, but um, I do think that it, it, it even this early, like it, it certainly is their division to lose. Um, and having both Allmark and Swayman to fall back on, like you're not, it's not like it's a situation like it is with the Lightning where you're one injury away from all of a sudden treading water for a month and a half. Um, so yeah, I, I think Boston at minus 125, if you just, you know, if you want to just uh, play it nice and safe, I, I think like, you know, I, I think those are good odds. I think if, if I had to bet, like there's more than a 50% chance that they just close it out from here on out, even just with the the nice lead that they've got already. I think Toronto plus 300 is awful. Like they need to sort out their goaltending and there's, there's no way that they make up the ground they do on Boston without their two goaltending situations, just going in the inverse direction. But yeah, I think other than that, Tampa at, at plus a thousand is, uh, a little bit interesting if you just want to toss a little bit of coin on that and see if you, if you can get a little bit of money back for uh, for 10 to 1, just because I uh, would not be surprised if all of a sudden they look like their old selves once they have uh, their all-star goaltender back between the plays. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to me that they're only two points back of the Detroit Red Wings, but the Red Wings are at plus 800 and the, and the Lightning at plus 1,000. Um, and I don't feel like the Red Wings are, are really contenders for this division at the moment. So yeah, Tampa Bay getting Vasilevsky back certainly uh, will help without a doubt all right that was the betway bets of the day let's move on to want flexibility take yoga want flexibility with your health insurance check out united healthcare insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly medical dental and vision coverage that may be right for you more at uh1.com i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I don't even know what we want to call this, but let's have a little bit of fun. We we did this before and uh, the listeners seem to enjoy it and, and we're going to have a little bit of fun. So what I'm going to do is if two players blindly player a and player B, you guys got to tell me which one of these stat lines you think is the player that was drafted high and which player you think is available on the waiver wire. So let's start with two centers. Player a has 14 games played six goals, seven assists, for 13 points, he's got 37 shots on goal and four power play points. Also playing 17 minutes and six seconds per game. Player B, 15 games played, 
also has 13 points, seven goals and six assists, 35 shots on goal. So just two less shots on goal, three power play points, and is averaging 16 minutes and 59 seconds per game. D, these stat lines are almost identical. Who do you think was the, who do you think is the waiver wire pickup? Player A or player B? Mm, I'm going to guess just based off ice time. Oh, they're almost the same though. I'll go player B. We'll go player B. What about you, Beebs? This one, oh, this is tough. My only issue is, was was this player potentially on our earlier list of pickups? Because I feel like I've seen these numbers today. So I'm going to go player A. Because they seem like similar numbers that I was looking at earlier. I might have just wrote about them earlier with the UFO. So I'm going to so go A. Player A is, these players are actually on the same team. Player A is Rupe Hints. Oh, 97% thought... owned. And player B is Wyatt Johnston. 39% owned. So, D, I wanted to bring up these numbers when you were talking about Wyatt Johnson maybe moving up the lineup earlier. I'm like, this is perfect. We didn't even plan this. And um, Rupe Hintz has looked a little sluggish uh, out of the gates. I mean, 13 and 14 hasn't been terrible, but hasn't exactly looked himself uh, based on the eye test. And I think that there is potential that that lineup gets shuffled around because that line, uh, as dominant as they've been for two years, their underlying metrics this year don't look nearly as good as they have in the past. So if they do need to reshuffle, which at the moment they're still winning, um, Maybe there is a case to be made for Rupe Hints to be moved down in favor of Wyatt Johnson in the future. But uh, yeah, pretty interesting. The numbers are nearly identical. And so is the time on ice, which is worth which is worth noting. So uh, pretty surprising. I was shocked that those numbers looked that similar. All right, let's get to the wingers. Here is player A. Player A has 13, uh, sorry, 13 games played, 12 points, eight goals, four assists, 50 shots on goal, four power play points and is averaging 19 minutes and 18 seconds per game player B also uh, 15 games played 12 points and 15 eight goals four assists exact same goals exact same number of assists couple extra games played 48 shots on goal two power play points averaging 17 46 B you got the first one wrong super do you think you do you think you can bounce back here (laughs) who is the waiver wire pickup player A or player B Oh God, I'm a little worried now because like I'm worried about the trickster that Brock is, but I got to assume player B is a waiver wire just strictly because of the lack of power play time, the minute and a half less of ice time. But I'm worried because that's kind of that. That's why this game gets us. But I'm going to stick to B. Either way, both these fellas are shooting quite a bit, but player A is a a, a shooting machine. Um, So, yeah, no, I'm going to go B. It just seems like it seems like it's a it's a waiver pickup that's like comparable to a superstar. So it's like, hey, pay attention to this. It's going on. Um, So that's where I'm that's where I'm jumping in, trying to trying to pick your your little brain of yours over there, Brock. D, what about you? I'm I was trying to go for a hard guess on this one. I, I wanted to guess Owen Tippett, but I, I don't think he scored that that many, even after getting on the score sheet tonight. Um, but yeah, I, I'm hoping we've talked about either of these guys because they're um, the, obviously the shots and, and the goal scoring kind of jump out at you a little bit. But I'll go uh, I'll go player B as well. I'm, I'm just assuming that just based off the time on if, if a guy is averaging over 19 minutes and got 50 shots on goal in 13 games that um, that they were the higher talent coming into the season. So that's where I'm going to go. But uh, I'm interested in either of these players. I'll tell you that right now before even figuring out who they actually are. You guys are both correct. Player B was the waiver I pick up. And D, you were very close. But player oh. B is actually Cam Atkinson at 26%. Oh. Oh. Let me look up. 
Oh my uh, so Owen Tippett Owen, does also have 48 shots in 15. Games he's very today. close. Player A is actually Brady Kachuk. Um, so wow. the real, the real difference maker here obviously is hits for Brady TK. I think he has like 40 hits and Cam Atkinson has two. Um, but the, the offensive production has been nearly identical. Brady Kachuk, obviously a top three round pick. Uh, and then you've got Cam Atkinson at 26% owned. So pretty interesting. Both have 12 points, eight goals, four assists for the two of them. Both tons of shots, 48 shots on goal for Cam Atkinson. Um, really nice to see him back in the lineup. He has been pretty Pretty good. All right, let's talk about two defensemen now. Um, player A, no goals, eight assists, so eight points in 16 games, 25 shots on goal, five power play points, is a minus 14, 23 minutes and 28 seconds time on ice. Player B, nearly identical numbers, nine assists in 16 games. So one more assist, 18 shots on goal, not great. Five power play points is a minus seven, and averages 23 minutes and 18 seconds. D, you haven't got one wrong yet. Are you going A or B? Let me let me reference this. This one is more casting light on how bad um, one of the earlier draft picks has been thus far. Not mm. so much of a great waiver wire pickup, but just kind of yeah. shedding light on where that player <laughs> lands currently and who he's almost identically comparable to. Right. Um. Yeah, I'm going to guess. I've got a hard guess for these two, but I, I will guess that the uh, the disappointing one is player B with just the 18 shots on goal to go with everything else. That's going to be my guess. But um, I do want to say that I have two good guesses here. I, I mean, I don't want to look silly, but I, I think that one of them might be Tyson Berry, although I don't know if he's getting that much ice time. And I kind of think one of them might be Darnell Nurse too, but those are just... Those are just my guesses based off the the heavy ice time and and the and the negatives. And B, you I'm have gonna... a chance to tie D. Are you just going to go with the opposite player and tie D for two points? Or are you going to ride that and think it's player B as well? No, I think I have to just for the game's sake go the opposite. But I do want to say, as far as D looking bad, I might I might just take all that attention away, dude, because I'm going to guess that one of these is Eric Goodbranson, um, because I do know he's having a sneaky like decent year, and I I it would be hilarious to see that name compared to someone um, who people actually drafted. So I'm hoping I maybe snipe that one um, because I think that would show even more light to like, holy shit, look at how little value you're getting out of your top end pick. Eric Branson's matching him. Um, so yeah, so that, that's my guess. Brock, I imagine though D is a perfect three for three. Cause this, this boy's got himself a, uh, he's got himself a crystal ball over there. So, you know, we're all tied up. Player Woo! B is the, uh, waiver I pick up player A is the disappointment. You guys have both been very close on your hard guesses. D- Beebs, you were on the right team, oh. but it's actually Ivan Provorov. Uh, oh. Player B, player A is Mikhail Sergachev. Ooh. Ooh, minus fourteen. Oh, yikes! I thought for a second it was like Seth Jones or something, just because the minus fourteen. That Jones um, actually been pretty good this year. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So apologies, Seth, for you even crossing my mind. Sergachev at ninety one percent still. Yeah, Victor Hedman on that lineup is pretty. Nurse insane. is probably doing worse than that, right? We we you know Sergachev coming into yeah. the season looking like maybe somebody who could continue to take power play time away from Victor Hedman like he did for portions of last season. That has just not been the case. Victor Hedman looks outstanding. Sergachev looking like an absolute bust in fantasy at the moment okay the two goalies to compare player a and player b you guys are tied two points each 
Um, so this is a little different. Neither one of these guys were super, super high draft picks, but one is significantly higher owned. And at the start of the season, you would have said you would much rather have this guy than the other. Uh, so one's very high owned. One is around, I won't say, but he's under 30% for sure. One is over 70, I believe. So player a seven uh, games started. He's five and one with a 288 goals against average and a nine eleven save percentage, no shutouts. Player B, seven games started as well, five and four, a uh, couple relief appearances, uh, two nine one goals against average, and a nine oh eight save percentage. Biebs, you got the last point, so we'll let you go first here. Player A or Player B, which one is the waiver wire pickup? Okay, so before we start this, I don't want to admit this, but throughout the day, our jobs are literally putting in goalies. So I should just see these numbers and they should go to my head. But I've sure. got player A as the pickup. I think I'm going to guess it's tomorrow's Sweden starter, James Reimer, as player A. That's my that's my guess. I think I'm probably wrong there, though, because I know there's someone else cooking there. Um, but, yeah, I think player B is a drafted goalie. Um, and, and I think I know exactly who it is. So I won't say the name. I'll let D have some fun with this one. Um, but yeah, so give me, give me a, as the one that we, uh, we grabbed off the wire that, that that's someone who's actually given us value as a goalie this year. I'm guessing. I can say for certain that James Reimer is not correct because he has one shutout so far this season. Crap. <laughs> D, I, what do you got? I feel pretty good that I've got my first hard guess here and it's on player B being the okay. waiver wire pickup. And the thing that jumped out on me is that he has nine decisions despite only starting seven games. Oh. So that means he came into the game, did not start it, but then ended up being on the losing end of the decision, obviously. Oh, so I the team came now. back. So I think it's Joseph Wall, because mm-hmm. I know that's happened at least once for Wall. Twice. So you would be correct that it is Joseph Wall, but he was actually <laughs> the more desirable goalie oh. early in the yeah. season. What? So. Beebs gets the final point. Joseph Wall is player B. Any final guesses on who player A might be now that we know the... Okay, it is Connor Ingram of the Arizona Coyotes, 19% owned. Should have known that. Equal numbers to Joseph Wall so far. And coming into the season, you would obviously rather have at least, you know, these are two 1A, 1B situations. At least that's how we expected them to materialize. One plays for the Arizona Coyotes, the other plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Shockingly, the Arizona Coyotes might be better defensively at this moment in time. So uh, nearly identical splits. Connor Ingram has been pretty solid so far. And again, I, I've talked about him a couple of times and dating back to last season. He, you know, his last, I think, 21 starts or 19 starts last year were outstanding and 921 save percentage to finish last year for the final couple months. 911 save percentage so far this year. So hovering around a 920 save percentage in his last like 30 NHL games, 25, 30 games. So pretty impressive stuff. But without further ado... I've got another stern warning to myself. Do not expletive forget D <laughs> streamers. So D take it away. Floor is yours, bud. <clears throat> All right, let's get into it, boys. We got three games on Friday this weekend, 13 on Saturday, and then five on Sunday. So as per usual, we're going to be targeting the skaters playing on those two quieter nights on Friday and uh, Sunday. We got a handful of options to consider. So let's get right down to it. First off, we got the Ducks. They are at home to the Panthers on Friday before hosting the Blues on Sunday. Uh, second week in a row that they've got the ideal weekend streaming schedule. So unsurprisingly, we're going to be looking at a lot of the same names we recommended last weekend, which did perform. Uh, did they? As we alluded to earlier in the show, the Ducks play Zegras on injured reserve on Monday with the lower body injury. 
which should result in some additional minutes for the aforementioned Leo Carlson center eligible, just 21% owned. Uh, we know how heavy he delivered last year, if you or last weekend, excuse me, if you picked him up and streamed him uh, with that hat trick on Friday. So uh, we're looking for more out of Leo this weekend, 2023 second overall pick, as we know, six goals, two assists, 23 shots on goal in his first 10 games, uh, which included, of course, that hat trick against the Flyers last Friday. Anaheim taking a cautious approach to his usage, like we said, uh, but worth noting that uh, they did just sit him on Tuesday against the Predators ahead of a back-to-back. No back-to-back, obviously, this weekend. So I think Carlson should be a safe bet to be in the lineup for both of Anaheim's games this weekend. So given that high-end talent and usage, I think he makes for one of the top streaming targets on this weekend slate because as you already know, if you listen to the first half of the show, I love his long-term and season-long upside as well. So uh, another one of those guys where you can just add over the weekend and watch that usage and the, the shots on goal and the underlying numbers just continue to be there and you can feel that much better about keeping him throughout the season. Uh, if Carlson's unavailable, then Ryan Strom, left wing, right wing, 33% owned. Alex Kalorn recently returned from injury, playing on the top line, top power play unit. Also dual wing eligibility. He's 28% owned. And then you got Adam Henrique plugging away, getting a decent amount of minutes in the bottom six uh, for deeper leagues at 6% owned. They, they all make for fine consolation prizes, but I'm checking the wire for Carlson first and foremost. Moving on, we got the Sabres in Winnipeg on Friday and then in Chicago on Sunday. The Sabres offense and fantasy upside as a whole suffered quite the blow this week. We already talked about it. Tage Thompson out indefinitely after taking that shot to the wrist. Thank you, Charlie McAvoy. Uh, even with that diminished so the upside, shot to though, the upper body. Yeah, you're right. The upper body. I mean, I <laughs> guess upper. that depends how far down his wrist was hanging when he got struck, right? We'll have to look at the replay. <laughs> but uh, even with that diminished upside, though, there's still a couple of widely available names worth considering on the Sabres roster this weekend. Uh, especially given that enticing road matchup against the Blackhawks on Sunday. So uh, we already talked about him, but Casey Middlestad, 18% owned, plenty of opportunity to expand on the mini breakout he enjoyed to date. Uh, eighth overall pick, 27 NHL entry draft. Uh, had a you know surprisingly good year last year. I think a lot of people forget about it um, just because the goal scoring really wasn't there. But 15 goals, 44 assists across the full 82 games last year for Middlestad. Um, shot volume continues to be an issue. He's got just three goals on the year, but he does have 10 assists already. So looking like a little bit of a uh, cheap man's Ryan, uh, Robert Thomas, uh, the Michelli mold that we've been talking about, where he seems to be in a really effective play driver and playmaker. Maybe just doesn't shoot enough to really get those goal totals to back it up. But he's been particularly productive of late, racking up two goals and five assists in his last eight games. And we should get a better idea of how the Sabres are going to line up without Thompson as we get closer to Friday's game in Winnipeg. But Middlestad, probably the most likely candidate to assume Thompson's spot on the top line, although that could shift a little bit if they move Cousins to the middle. Uh, and I think if they do that, then J.J. Paterka, right wing eligible, just 9% owned, uh, would be a super intriguing option. I like him as is, um, but he's got that recent promotion of the top power play unit. That's only going to be further solidified by Thompson's absence. And we should expect to get see him get some additional minutes at 5v5 as well, whether that's on the first or second line. Obviously, that remains to be seen. But you feel good about him having either his middle stat or Cousins uh, as his center at 5v5. So second-round pick in 2020, Paterka is. He's quietly impressed in a limited role this season. He's got six goals, five assists, and 39 shots on goal in 16 games, despite playing just over 15 minutes a night. So if he sees uh, if his minutes see a bump, in Thompson's absence, then I think we can expect those already impressive shot totals to continue to climb. And we know that when that happens, the raw production shouldn't be too far behind. So keep a close eye on the Sabres line page over the next few days, as there's a realistic chance, as I said, that Cousins could shift back to center, which would open up a spot on the first line for Paterka. Uh, and then last but not least, we have my Maple Leafs who are quote unquote in Detroit on Friday, in Minnesota on Sunday. The most important thing to note here uh, <laughs> 
both of these games will actually be played in Sweden as part of the NHL Global Series. I love how the Leafs somehow uh, gamed, gamed their way out of having a, a home game burned in this, by the way, both of them counting as road games for them. So I don't know uh, what they did in order to, to swing that. But um, th- those games, the important thing to note, they're going to be played significantly earlier than usual as a result. Uh, the Leafs will take on the Red Wings at 2 p.m. Eastern on Friday. So you're going to need to hit the free agent pool early if you want to take advantage and get both games in your lineup. The Sunday game's at 8 a.m. So obviously you'll probably have them on your roster by then, but just make sure you've got your Sunday uh, lineup set ahead of time because no one wants to set an alarm for 7:45 on a Sunday to update their fantasy hockey lineup. Uh, so obviously you're not going to find any of the Maple Leafs key offensive cogs on the waiver wire, but still a few names worth checking on. Uh, the first and most obvious recommendation here is Matthew Nyes, left wing, 24% owned. Uh, we talked about him last week, so I'm not going to get into it too much, but uh, obviously a very highly touted prospect, finally seen an extended run in Toronto's top six. And while he's been hit and miss in his first four games, skating alongside Matthews and Marner at 5v5, uh, he still racked up two goals and two assists, so point per game over that span. Obviously, most of that coming in the first game when he had his three-point night. But the offensive potential that Nyes possesses and the upside he offers alongside Matthews and Marner is obvious. Uh, we've seen fringe top six players gain plenty of fantasy relevance playing in this exact spot. So don't overthink this one. Grab Nice for the weekend if he's available. And personally, I do everything that you could to keep room for him on your roster so long as he's skating on that top line. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, left wing, 25% owned. Ownership has just plummeted in recent weeks after a nice cold start and getting dropped down the lineup a little bit. But we have seen a slight rejuvenation in his offensive production since he joined John Tavares and William Nylander on Toronto's second line. Bertuzzi has one goal and two assists in five games since the switch. And while that production still leaves a lot to be desired, the jump in shot volume, he's got 10 in his last three games, suggests there could be brighter days ahead. He's far from a sure thing this weekend, but given how hot Nylander is right now, it'd be worth streaming whoever he's skating with at 5v5. And that's especially true for someone with the offensive pedigree of Bertuzzi. And then uh, finally, we have Max Domi, center left wing eligible, 32% owed. Domi still in search of his first goal as a Maple Leaf scored in the shootout the other night, but still looking for his first regulation goal. He's been a very effective play driver for the Leafs since being shifted back to the center ice position five games ago. He has five assists over that span, despite being limited to a third line role. And that's not going to change. You can expect him still be around 14 minutes a night so long as he's on that third line which certainly is going to limit his upside, but he's still a solid bet to add to your assist totals this weekend, given that the Leafs will likely have an implied total of around four goals for each of their two games. Uh, And then we're going to get into the goalies. Uh, I think there's something like 10 back-to-backs this weekend, but the majority of them are either falling on Saturday uh, or they are uh, a situation like Vegas or where you're not going to find either goalie on the wire or it's just simply uh, a start that we would classify as a desperation start and nothing more and kicking off our goalies here we have anthony stellars of the florida panthers just nine percent owned they're in anaheim on friday uh the ducks are in Los, or sorry the panthers are in los angeles on thursday before making the short trip to anaheim on friday stellars got the nod and goal against the sharks on tuesday which means sergey Bobrovsky will almost certainly be back in goal on thursday which would then again leave stellars to take on the ducks on Friday on the tail end of the back-to-back. So Stellars has been shaky this season to the tune of an 892 save percentage and a 2.72 goals against average, but he still boasts a 2-1-0 record thanks to some strong goal support from the Panthers. That trend should continue on Friday with the Panthers expected to be sizable road favorites over the Ducks. And while it does come as a slight risk to your save percentage and goals against average, uh, Stellars should be a cheap way to pad your win totals heading into the weekend. Uh, And then we got two starts on Sunday to consider Uh, the first and definitely more preferable of the two is Joel Hofer at 6% owned. Uh, Again, we're picking on the ducks a little bit here. The blues are in Anaheim on Sunday, but with the blues stopping in LA on Saturday, making the same short trip that the Panthers are making, 
uh, heading to Anaheim on Sunday. Hofer should get the nod in a winnable road matchup. Would expect the Red Hot Jordan Bennington to get that nod against the Kings. Uh, so don't expect the Blues to be as strong of a favorite over the Ducks as the Panthers will be on Friday, but it should be a pick em game at worst, I would imagine. Uh, and Hofer has performed well and called upon this season. He's got a 3-1-0 record to go along with a 9-18 save percentage and a 2.50 goals against average across four starts. So he may not be as likely as Stellars will be to grab the win over the Ducks, but Hofer does offer less risk to your splits. Solid option if you're looking to steal some goalie categories on Sunday. And then we are itching or uh, creeping into the desperation uh, territory here with Samuel Airson, the 2% owned of the Philadelphia Flyers, who should get the nod at home against the Blue Jackets on Sunday. Um, given his inconsistencies and goals this season, Airson, as I said, is a much riskier start than Stolarz and Hofer, but he looks to be the only other projected spot start that will be favored to win this weekend. So that's certainly uh, worth making note of. The Flyers, uh, they've had their fair share of struggles this season, but they've had a lot of great, strong performances as well. There's some good underlying numbers uh, to a few of their lines at 5v5. Um, and Erson's played a part in those inconsistencies. He's had some good games and he's had some really, really bad games. Uh, but either way, like I said, they're going to be favored to pick up the win on home ice over the blue jackets. Carter Hart has reclaimed his starting position after dealing with a mid body injury. That's a new one. Uh, and will presumably get the far more difficult start against the golden Knights on Saturday, which should leave Erson to face Columbus on Sunday. Like I said, he's got a handful of respectable starts under his belt this season, but a couple of disaster appearances that have tanked his save percentage to 855 and his goals against average to 3.43. So uh, certainly carries a lot of risk with him, but if you're just chasing wins and have nothing to lose on Sunday, Arison looks to be the best of the desperation starts this weekend. It is Carter. worth mentioning that he's coming off his best performance of the season, 35 saves, 38 shots against against the Ducks. I, I wanted to interrupt so badly, but I did hear that the reason the Leafs didn't <laughs> get a home game in Sweden is because they didn't know how they'd react to a loud barn on home ice. Oh, that's a good one, Brock. <laughs> he's been saving that for like seven minutes. Also, I wanted to interrupt so bad, but I, I just I, couldn't do it. I, I'm, I thought nope, I was, I was legit was like eager to learn on what the reason was. Cause I, it just seems like the Leafs. You just couldn't expect anything real. Had to, some, yeah. had to be some shade, but oh, uh, if there's anything to add on Carter Hart, I was just going to say, I think one of the funniest things we've, we've, we've read in a while was Carter Hart missed the last game because he had some quote unquote bad fish in LA or out in California. Mm -hmm. So he was expected to come back from that mid body injury. And then, then the fellow just got into some, some, some terrible haddock. And that's uh, why I only eat fried yeah, fish. That's it, dude. That's <laughs> right. You don't so, got to worry about anything. Learn from Carter goes from a mid body injury to a fish illness. So, you know, he's going to come, you know, mid body injury. You could always, that could also have been bad fish. That's that's the like, barrel, right? Like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, like mid body barrel. There's not been two, two pieces of bad fish on back to back <laughs> well, nights. Just didn't learn his lesson, but that's going to do it for yeah. season nine, episode 19 of the DFO fantasy podcast presented to you by Betway. If you're going to place a bet, bet on Betway, please play responsibly. Ontario only must be 19 years of age or older. As always, I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me, Dylan D. Burst, and me, Michael B. Bondi. Until next time. Enjoy those games out in Sweden. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
market. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.